0: Welcome to episode 142 of the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. It's not two for one, although you get that every week with us. You get me, Mel Urbacher, and you get Scotty Trickett, my co-host. Scotty, welcome to the episode. Thanks, Mel.
1: Great to be here as always, but I'm a little bit apprehensive today. Are you? Yeah, because remember remember when I came and visited you up at Kiwana
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you were on show you were under review from me.
0: Yes. The, the oh. jury was out. You you were going to judge the events that I call yeah. home.
1: Yep. And so I feel a bit the same this week because even though I know you've visited Westerfolds for a freedom run, you haven't seen it in all its glory, which is Park Run Day. And you did that on Saturday. And you haven't told me anything. You've been very coy, <laughs> which makes me even more nervous.
0: Well... What I yeah okay. I don't think you need to be nervous, Scotty.
2: Does it I'm mean not, a lot well,
0: to you that I like the outcome of my thoughts of your of your home park run? No, you're you're the park run adventurer.
1: You've been to more events than me. Like you are the authority on visiting events. So okay. I do care what you think of my home event. Yes, I do.
0: Oh, okay. Well, this might be rough then. <laughs> <laughs> Rough, awkward, nerves, not, not unfounded. So so where did you go on the weekend, Mel? I went to Westerfold Park Run on Saturday morning. Not easy to get to by public transport. However, I did have the services of a certain chauffeur ticket who came to pick me up not quite door to door from my hotel wouldn't park on the street in front of the accommodation unfortunately but you know gave me some bollocks excuse about the fact that cars weren't allowed on that road or something
1: yeah so the main road going through the second biggest city in Australia that being Swanson Street where cars aren't allowed allowed so I'm driving up and down the intersection blowing my horn <laughs> Attracting all this attention from everybody except for the airbag,
0: <laughs> We were waiting patiently in front um, on the footpath where we were told to wait. Um, so
1: also being the, the major city through the, the major road in the second biggest city, there's not really lots of ample parking opportunities. So on my third attempt, I, I legally parked and ran out to get you. <laughs> Well, we got you.
0: What normal people may have done is answer their phone when they were called to see if there was some kind of a delay. However, Scotty left his phone at home, so he couldn't even do that. I don't
1: need the pressure of the phone to Technology while down. you're driving.
0: Yeah. Mm. I'll
1: tell you what, though, Mel, so... I'm driving to pick you up, and like about ten minutes in, I realise oh, I've left my phone at home. Uh, when I went to put in a podcast, and my phone, my car wasn't picking up the uh, Bluetooth of my my phone, and uh, so and I was I was running too late, as I always am, to turn back around and then come and get you. But the idea that we don't that we're not attached to our phone anymore is is at this one time ridiculous that was that I'm so panicked about it, and at another time liberating that. No one can contact me for this beautiful, sweet spot of 30 minutes. I'm all alone. And it's just how it used to be like 10 years ago when I was growing up. We didn't have phones. If you went for a drive or if you were driving somewhere.
0: I think you mean 20 years ago, Scotty, because I got my first phone when I was 18 and that was 20 years ago.
1: Okay, 20 years ago, 20 years ago. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. How our thinking's evolved. Yeah. But carry on. So we did find each other.
0: You did. Uh, There was a car seat organised by yourself and kindly uh, lent to you by a gentleman named Chris. Thank you very much, Chris. It's very important to us that we can restrain Wes as often as possible, um, especially in vehicles. Uh, So that was great. And you did a good job of getting us to the park on time. We actually arrived there before a lot of your volunteers. This is something that I thought was interesting. Westerfolds Park, your volunteers just rock up, you know, whatever time they please. At other well, events, they're asked it. to get there a little bit early.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Which is interesting. I find it interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but you explained it well. So tell, tell the listeners what you mean.
0: Well, so for example, um, at Kawana, we ask um, volunteers to arrive 30 minutes before the event starts so they can be briefed by the run director and also. A lot of it is, so the run director knows they're there because it's not safe to start an event unless you've got, you know, your marshals in place and all that sort of thing. So if people don't rock up until five minutes beforehand, that makes it really difficult and stressful for the, um, the run director on the day to, to know that they should proceed with the event but also we do um, first timers briefings and then the normal pre-run briefing a little bit earlier because we have to walk to our start line which of course you don't have to do at Westerfolds Park Run. it's just like a 50 meter throw away for you guys whereas it's 500 meters for us at Kawana. so that's where one of the little differences lies um, but yeah I'm uh, look whatever works for whatever works it's yeah interesting working. so we don't do that and I'm really surprised
1: that if you ask a volunteer to be there half an hour earlier, I think that's a like I don't know would I would I feel excited to get there half an hour earlier before the event starts? I think that's a real commitment from your volunteers. But the fact that you do have to walk, the fact that you've got marshals, I get all that. Um,
3: yeah, West but West
0: half an State hour earlier—that's just half an hour more of parkrun goodness. You know, yeah. you're I, there, you're making the connections, you're meeting the other volunteers, you're having a chat. Everything's nice and relaxed.
1: Yeah, you also made the point that you have a lot of first-time volunteers. So you're cycling through a lot of your park runners in the volunteer roles. I, I feel at Worcester Folds, there's a lot of repeat volunteers, So a lot of people doing it over and over again. Of course, we get the newbies every now and then, and, and they, they get briefed Mel. They get briefed on how to do everything, and I, we're all clear there. But um, it's just a difference. When well, you say cycling different.
0: through, that makes it sound like we're chewing them up and spitting them out. Um, I would just like to clarify. I would say it's probably 50-50. So, 50% would be like those people that you know have volunteered more than 10 times. And then the other 50% are those who have just volunteered a couple of times, um, possibly in different roles. So, you need to still brief them in the new role. um, Or it's just been a little while since they did it. And also, you know, we've only introduced the app about six months ago. So there's a lot of people who have volunteered in the past on previous barcode scanners or using the old stopwatch and we need to um, brief them on the app and all the lovely little um, the tips that help make that a smooth experience for them and the parkrunners.
1: So we haven't fully embraced the app at Westerfolds. Uh, Yvonne and Kasha embraced it on scanning on Saturday, but the whole team as a whole haven't quite 100% transitioned over. So there's another difference between the events, but let's, let's move on. What I want to know outside of that, the logistics and the operational side of it, did you enjoy it? Did you have a good time? I did.
0: You, you left me up. No, I shouldn't say you left me high and dry. I I gave you permission to run with Adam. (laughs) I gave you my permission. Yes, you go run with him. Um, because originally last week you told me that you were going to be volunteering in the end, but then you changed your mind or, you know, arrangements um, shifted with Team Trickit. So you ended up having a run, which was great. Uh, I had Wes in the pram, not the running pram, just the uh, what we use whenever we travel, which is uh, one of those nice, portable, collapsible little prams that you can take in your overhead um, carry-on on the plane. But it's, it's a good, sturdy little pram. It's probably about five kilos lighter than the running pram anyway. Um, so I can't really use that as an excuse for struggling. And I struggled. I did struggle. There were lots of hills, Scotty. You guys say, oh, there's just one hill of Westerfolds. It's a lie, people. There is not just one hill. There are multiple hills. And I'm pretty sure there's two or three more there this time that weren't there last time because I don't remember them. <laughs> I've got every single step of them this time. But,
1: Mel, you're a Westerfoldian. You should be used to that.
0: (laughs) Well, I don't run on the Westerfoldian course as often as the majority of Westerfoldians do. So I'm a little bit out of um, fitness for that.
1: It's interesting, isn't it? It's interesting what you get used to because, yeah, I think um, we all feel that there's really only one hill maybe at Westerfolds now.
0: (laughs) Okay.
1: The others are just little lumps.
0: Yeah, but it's it's just, it's not lumps even. You, there's no down after them. There's just like constant <laughs> incline where it's building up. So maybe that's where you get this one hill situation from. It's just, it's a four kilometre long one hill.
1: Maybe. That's maybe. all. But the last is great, isn't it? It's all down. Well,
0: this is one of the, the downfalls of the little city get around pram. It hasn't got brakes on it. So... That actually caused a whole different level of resistance training uh, coming down the hills. But yes, uh, I can imagine if you are unencumbered by a pram, that it would be very fun to just run down those hills. And in fact, several of the Westerfoldians were wearing their uh, club shirts. And on the back, of course, is written, uh, happiness to me is running in the hills with my friends. And I just kept thinking, no, no, happiness to me is running downhill with my friends, <laughs> not running in the hills, just running downhill specifically. Um, so I might have to modify my shirt at some point. Yeah. But you know what? There was um, heaps of wildlife. There was more bird life than I remember. And Wes just loses his stuff over um, birds, just completely, yeah, freak. not, not freaks out, but just super excited the levels of energy you know he most birds he makes a duck sound the quack 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 when he sees them but he points and he squeals and it's yeah it's utter joy coming from him so he had a great time getting around the course because there were so many birds everywhere colourful yeah lots of um lots of rainbow lorikeets and things which was cute and uh, we, we don't commonly see them on the ground here they're usually in the trees eating all the stuff but i guess they have a a slightly different diet down south, perhaps, um, and we saw kangaroos as well, which I was excited by. Although they're a bit too far away for Wes to make them out from the grasses and the bushes and stuff that they were resting in. No wombats this time um, on the course, which was a little bit sad, but not unexpected because of the time of day.
1: We did have the misfortune of seeing a wombat. Though. Well,
0: I wasn't going to mention that. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> but now that you bring it up, yes, there was there was one warm bat, um, sadly, on the side of the road.
1: Yep, wasn't doing too well. No, um, but it's interesting you say about uh, the bird life because last week during the week I went for a run at Westerfolds midweek by myself, and I ran through the middle and came across a kookaburra. So there's lots of kookaburras mm. at Westerfolds, and there's lots at the moment. I don't know if it's. Whatever season, kookaburras are out and about. But this guy was sitting down really low, like at um, chest level on on a tree, and he stopped and he didn't fly away when I went up and said hello. Was to. it
0: a really hot day?
1: It was no. It was warmish. It was warmish. Okay.
0: Because we, um, we, we actually had a kookaburra at our house last week and he came, flew down, sat on top of our five foot high fence and he was really hot He and he sort of sat down low and he kind of put his wings out a little bit, which I know from having birds um, a lot throughout my life, that means that they're just trying to cool themselves down. And he sat there while Adam sprayed him with the hose to cool him down and then stayed there for another hour. And then Adam came back after doing some more gardening, sprayed him again. Again, he loved it. He was just—he just found himself a nice shady spot where he felt safe and comfortable, and was able to get cool and enjoy the extra bonus of getting sprayed down with the hose as well. That's why I asked if it was a hot day.
1: Well, welcome to the bird watching podcast this week because I've got another little thing. We've—I've installed a, a bird bath outside my office window, and I've been filling it up lately. And the magpies, yeah. Gone. You guys have heaps of baby
0: magpies at Westerfolds too.
1: Yeah. So I thought this bird bath was sort of ornamental. It was just for show. They wouldn't actually use it. But I've been filling it up with fresh water every day. And roughly about the same time every morning, they all come and have a little bath because we've got a family of three magpies living in our front yard. And uh, it's very cute.
0: I'm glad they're utilising it. Yeah.
1: for a quick little intermission here before we get on with the rest of the pod you may have noticed in the background my uh, wonderful sidekick Buster decided to have a conversation with the rest of the neighborhood in the background so I just ducked off to ask him politely if he could be quiet for the rest of the recording which he agreed to and so now it's time to return to the rest of the intro and the rest of the podcast So give us a rating out of 10.
0: I'm <laughs> not going to do that because you will not be happy unless I give you a 10 out of 10. In fact, even then you may not be happy. So I'm you, you've had a rough year as you can keep pointing out to me, Scotty, and I'm not sure if your ego can take it. So I'm not going to give you a rating out of 10. Did it crack your top three? <sighs> no, it did not crack my top three. Yeah. Oh, really? Well, is not in your top three, and this isn't this isn't one yeah. of those. It no, it's not that kind of situation. It's not. Well, you didn't give me a good score, so I'm not going to give you a good score. It's um yeah. It it was a lovely event. Everybody was really friendly. It was um great to catch up with some people who we had met previously on previous visits, and also to meet some new people who are listeners of the podcast. So that was very cool. But um yeah, I mean, it was it was a quiet. Um, park run for me in terms of, like, Wes and I got around the course and we were kind of in between two groups of walkers um, but not really part of either of them because they were obviously like an established group of friends and stuff like that. So, you know, just – and it was nice to just have a quiet park run but sometimes it's also nice to have a bit of a chat. And I I said good morning and hello to everybody else that I met on coming and I think I've recruited four new participants for the event as well because I stopped and explained. They, they asked me if it was some kind of a charity walk or something. I said, no, no, it's Parkrun and I explained it. So hopefully those people show up in future weeks and that can be their Parkrun story. Oh, we saw this lady one time and we saw all these runners and asked what it was. I know that's a lot of people's Parkrun stories, but it's a, good, it's a good way to get into it.
1: Good, good. I'm glad you're recruiting. And that, that's one of the... Uh, I guess downsides of being a, a single looped course is that sometimes if you are out on your own, you are out on your own for the for the whole walk because you don't see anybody coming back the other way or uh, overtaking you if they're doing multiple laps. but it also provides a nice bit of solitude and you're out in the wilderness. Yeah,
0: you can really enjoy the um, atmosphere.
1: okay. That's a great recap, Mel. Um, we've we've heard enough about Westerfolds in 141 episodes, so it was good to do a, another recap on that wonderful event. But I think we should this week, Mel. No guests, no guests this week. We've been inundated. Which with we love. Port, so we do. Uh, we always love hearing from all the different events around Australia. So that's what we got in this week's pod, and we're going to start off with one of
0: our faves. I'm ready, always ready for the Roving Report, Scotty.
1: Okay, we're going to start with Lyndall, um, and she's visiting Yarra Bilba. She'll explain more. Take it away, Lyndall.
4: Good morning, Parkrun Adventurers, Scotty Mel. It's Lyndall here. I'm reporting in for the Channel 5 News crew. Now, today, I've adventured down to Yarrabilba, um, southwest of Brisbane, and um, look, I know there's other launches on today, but you know, launch, launch. I've come looking for a very special kind of park runner today. I understand, I have it on very good authority that there's a group of park runners or runners down in this neck of the woods that have a very interesting club name. So let's just see, um, as I said, it's good authority. I'm just going to see if I can find some of those club members and, and see what we can find out. I'll, um, I don't think we're off starting, so I'll um, get into the run and uh, sniff around afterwards. Well, that didn't take long. I've already hit the jackpot. Uh, what's your name? What's on your shirt?
5: Uh, it's the Leo Wanker Academy of Fitness.
4: And your name is? I'm Andrew. And are you the chief?
5: Um, I, I, I started it with a, with another guy, and it's grown to about maybe 50 or 60 members now. Okay. All throughout Australia. So.
4: Throughout Australia. Is the home here, though, in Yarrabilba? Is,
5: yeah, the home of the Wanker here. Yeah, so there's about um, maybe about 30 members here. All
4: right. Now, what is your... um? What's your um, inspiration for this club?
5: Um, well, Leo Wanker, um, ideally, was a, a Paul Hogan character probably about 30 years ago. Um, and he was a stuntman that did everything wrong. And when we started training, we did everything wrong as well. So <laughs> we thought it was a, we thought it was a pretty good pretty good name.
4: That's awesome. Okay, so what's your name? Aaron. And you're a fellow Wanker?
5: Yes, yes, I am.
4: Excellent. Do you have you improved your game or are you still doing everything wrong?
5: Uh improved and still doing things wrong.
4: Well that you know you don't want to lose the spirit of Leo Wanker do you?
5: Yeah that's true, that's true. Very true.
4: <laughs> Alright, and your name?
5: Paul. Cool. Yep.
4: yep. Fellow
6: wanker. Absolutely friggin' lootly mate. Uh, yes, yep. and uh been running with these wankers for a little while. We just did a 10k run there. We had a good tight grip, which was good. Very fun
7: indeed. A bunch of wankers. Bunch good. of wankers. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's
4: probably a, You need that, don't you? Indeed. And your name?
7: I'm Jason. And uh, so last weekend we even did some triathlon. so uh, the Wankers moved into triathlon while last year and last weekend nine of us went down to Kingscliff and did the Kingscliff Olympic distance. So it's a great um, team atmosphere and we really support each other.
4: Excellent. And so what do you guys like about Parkrun?
7: Um, the community. We all met
5: through Parkrun. No one sort of knew each other. And, yeah, we're all good mates now.
4: That's excellent. And for you, Parkrun?
5: The loss of uh, well over 20 kilos and the mateship in the
7: community, it just can't get any better.
4: Sounds terrific. And you, Parkrun, are you... So you're moving over the dark side with triathlons now or is parkrun still your spiritual home? No,
7: I started triathlon before parkrun, but seeing people, I guess, transform their lives from starting with parkrun. So see people turn up, get PBs sort of month after month and just improve their whole overall life and health.
4: Excellent. Well, that sounds wonderful, guys. Thank you for talking to me today. And here's to the wankers. Yeah,
8: absolutely. Thank
4: you. Okay, so of course I'm adventuring here at Yarrabilba, but I have managed to find a very special adventurer here today. What's your name and where have you come from? My name's Jess and I've
2: come from London. And what
4: has brought you to Yarrabilba Parkrun today? To surprise
2: my grandma who introduced me to Parkrun four years ago.
4: So what's your name, Grandmama? My name is Vivian. And are you a local here yeah, at Yarrabilba? Yes, uh, been yeah. coming here for several years now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. I'm close to getting my 250 park round. Oh! <laughs> are you going to come home for the 250th as well?
2: Yeah, sure am. I'm heading back up to Cairns and then coming back down for the New Year's ones and for her 250th.
4: Excellent. And so, uh, you're from the UK, whereabouts are you from?
2: Well, I'm actually from Brisbane. Yes. I grew up in Cairns and then I moved to London. I've been there for about three, four years now. So but Nanny's originally from the UK, so we've done a full circle yes. sort of
8: thing. <laughs>
4: That's true. Yeah. Um, and do you park run in the UK?
2: Yes, like most weekends. Yeah. yeah. So while Nanny's resting in the afternoon after her park run, I'm getting up for mine in the morning. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and have you done any park runs with your granddaughter in the UK? Yes, just one. She
9: took us to Bushy
4: Park. Oh! <laughs> so yeah. what, what was that like at Bushy then? Oh, it was good. I can't believe how many people there are. They were attending. <laughs> like were... It was about twelve hundred
6: yeah.
8: when 1200 we were there, wasn't, wasn't it?
4: Yeah, twelve hundred
8: people or so. Tony,
4: and Tony, you were in on the surprise, I think, were you?
8: Yes, unfortunately, I had to. I had to keep on lying. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I, I, now I can put two and two together why yeah, you no, were in the car so early <laughs> <laughs> and why you actually came to Park Run. Just are, you, are you a bit of a park run outlier, Tony? Are you?
8: Yeah, yeah <laughs> I am. So. I am, I, unfortunately. I, I do park run occasionally myself, <laughs> but because I've had my knees replaced, I don't want to sort of overdo it. So. I've done fifteen park runs. That's, good <laughs>
4: for that's for, a huh? start, all right. <laughs> but today was a special, special circumstance. Yes, so you're yes. all here together as a family. Oh, really? Well, that's wonderful. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking to me. Enjoy your time in Australia, and enjoy your time with your grandparents. Daughter? I will. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks. Alrighty. Now I've tracked down Spencer. Spencer, you're the run director here today. How are you going? How did today go for you?
6: Yeah, it was uh, a lot cooler than we uh, anticipated. It's been stinking hot last few uh, weeks, and uh, we're expecting to put on our sprinkler, but we didn't have to this week. Uh, We had uh, the Zuba-Dubas at the ready as well, just in case, but uh, didn't need those either.
4: Um, Are you telling me that you've got Zuba-Dubas here somewhere and that you're holding out on me?
6: uh, There is an esky over there. (laughs) There may be Zuba-Dubas in there, but we we decided it, it wasn't needed, so we'll save it for a really hot day.
4: I think that's a wise mm. idea, it's not that hot today.
6: Yes. <laughs> now, we, had, uh, we had our uh, a 50, 50 volunteer milestone today, it's not an official one, but uh, Rick Rosenblatt was uh, our, uh, did his 50th volunteer today and it's all about the volunteers this week because of International Volunteer Day last week, so yeah, can't, can't thank our volunteers enough uh, for their work.
4: Well, including yourself and your event director. Now you were telling me that your event director is here, and she's out plogging.
6: Yes, uh, we do a uh, uh, plogging event uh, every park run. We try to keep our keep uh, Darlington Park uh, clean, uh, so plogging is. Uh, doing the rubbish pick up uh, while you run and, um, and sometimes it uh, needs to be done and uh, Pete's, Pete Burns, our event director, is doing it today. Normally it's my job but uh, of course uh, um, we hand the baton over whenever I'm run director.
4: Excellent. So you've got a nice little tight group of volunteers here at Yarrabilba.
6: Oh, yeah, we do. We have our regulars, but we certainly encourage and uh, enjoy when we get our first-time uh, volunteers come on. They, uh, It isn't that hard. It, we, the, we've we got trained professionals to help them get along, but, uh, no, we, we encourage our first-time volunteers as well.
4: Now, Yarrabilba, how long have you been set up here?
6: Okay, today was... 239 <laughs> I did mention that I did mention that in my run brief but I, You did, yeah. that's
4: why I asked you I thought he'll know yeah. how long because he said it earlier
6: <laughs> so, What's that, just over um, uh, probably three years uh, Yeah We. Um, it's been going well, the course has changed uh, this year we've only just changed the course this year so we're all running in one direction and uh, and uh, but uh, people are still coming to terms with running up our, our hill three times. So. It is,
4: it is, it's a heartbreaker that third time. Let me tell you.
6: Oh yes, but the <laughs> but when you've done your up, uh, finishing your five Ks, it's always helps
4: that's it Yeah, and it's a nice little so there's three and a half loops here Correct. Um, it's easier than it looks on Google Maps I didn't get lost yeah. that's always a bonus
6: yes yeah well um, uh, like I said there's uh, we have our, the regulars and they're always ha- happy to help uh, first timers who come through here uh, and hopefully the the run brief gives them a gives you a good indication of how where to go.
4: The run brief is perfect, and you've got the little signs on the, the little path as well, so that will helps too. Yes. Alrighty. Well, thank you, Spencer, for your time talking to me today. Thank you for the contribution that you've made here at Yarrabilba. and um, thanks for your
6: time. No, wonderful. Uh, yeah, for all the all the park runners that uh, listen to this podcast. Uh, yeah get out enjoy it it's a wonderful weekend starter
4: sure is thank you all rick how are you today what's special about today for you
8: i've uh, just achieved 50 parkrun volunteers
4: that is an amazing effort you've got your purple shirt on got purple for 25, with a, with a sneaky little
8: with a 50. sneaky little 50 over the top <laughs> have i got to click you pete sorry i'm just doing some timekeeping. <laughs> I don't want to distract you, it's very important that you stay on the job here. Hold on. So we've got a few more park
4: runners, including the tail walker, our other super volunteer for the day.
8: So (laughs) Patricia. So
4: Rick, what's your favourite volunteer role?
8: Timekeeper. (laughs) 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 Whoa, hang on. Hold on.
4: Hold on, we better we better just sneak over here. What's your name? What are um, you? I'm, I'm Amelia. And you're volunteering today as yeah, well? I'm volunteering today. And there's a bit of controversy about your volunteering today, I hear. Yeah, just a bit. Well, someone volunteered earlier in the week, but my dad's RD, so he wrote me in last minute. <laughs> Even though there was somebody else to <laughs> Although someone else is already there, he just didn't know how to check it. Press again. Oh well, look where else would you be on a Saturday morning except parkrun? Exactly, yeah. so what about you, yeah. Rick? What's how you start your weekend?
8: It's the only way to start your weekend, park run. doesn't matter where. Yeah, it's fabulous. Look, it's... um, Robin and I have been doing it for nearly five years, and it's just... It's an awesome community. It's an awesome event. Um, Meet a lot of people, get to know a lot of people. It's just a fun thing. Yeah. And do you run or just volunteer? No, no, no. We've done... um, I think I've done 150-plus runs. Robin's 10 in front of me, because i volunteered a few more times, but... Um, we do a little bit of touristing. Yeah. Um, as I say, we've just made so many friends, and a, that people you don't see maybe for months, but you go to a park run and they're there, and you go, "Oh, good to see!" You, and it's just like yesterday. And, yeah. and that's that's what's fabulous about park run. It's Terrific. And getting fit.
4: And getting fit. And, and getting you make fit. your fabulous little park run family.
8: Yeah, we do. You sort of. You sometimes think it's a little bit clicky. But not really. You sort of travel as a group. We do some things outside of Parkrun as well. And it's just absolutely... Parkrun has brought all of us together. And newcomers are welcome. And we we love just meeting people and having fun at Parkrun.
4: And Yarrabilba is a bit of a new settlement, new sort of development down in this neck of the woods?
8: Yeah, it's... um, it's growing at a exponential rate. It's just absolutely humongous. Like we, uh, Parkrun, we had our fourth birthday in May and four years ago we were lucky to get 20 or 30 people. Um, the the settlement here, I don't know. Look, it's just, it's huge. There'd be 20 or 30,000 people perhaps living here now whereas four years ago most of it was bush. Yeah. Um, yeah.
4: So Parkrun's another way to just bring that community together, right?
8: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, look, it's I, I can't say enough nice things about parkrun <laughs> because we started, we loved it, we've made yeah. friends and I think people come along and they see the friendly atmosphere and it doesn't matter whether it's Yarra Bilba, Logan River, Berenba, Meadowbrook, um Garland in the ACT, it's, it's yeah. you know, all over the world. Yeah. It's just fabulous. yeah. All right.
4: Well, thank you very thank you. much for talking to me today. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you so much thank for the you. contribution. And let's get out of the rain here. Yes, please.
8: <laughs> we need it. We need it.
4: <laughs> All righty, Parkrun Adventurers. Scotty Mel. that's a wrap from me from Yarra Bilba Park Run. What a successful morning it's been. I've met a super volunteer. Um, I've met some people from a very specific running club. Um and got my Y for Yarrabilba, so I'm hunting down that alphabet. Success all round. So this is Lyndall signing off today from Yarrabilba for the Channel 5 News crew on the Parkrun Adventurers.
5: Howdy Parkrunners, it's Tok reporting in for Channel 5 News crew. I'm up in Yarunga today being an honorary New South Wales reporter as we seem to have a little bit of a shortage from up this way we're at the start of the Yurunga park run and this place is absolutely gorgeous i'm sitting here looking over a river with a boardwalk that runs out to the sea the boardwalk goes for about a kilometer there's mangroves everywhere this place is gorgeous if you haven't been to Yurunga i'd say get on down here and we better go we've got a briefing about to start cheers Howdy park runners, it's Tok reporting in for the Channel 5 News crew. I'm down at the gorgeous Yurunga Park Run. We're just uh, walking in the last little bit. I'm with Nathan, who's the event director down here. Nathan, how are you today?
3: Yeah, great, thanks.
5: It's a yeah, lovely course you've got here. Can you give us a bit of a description of the course?
3: Uh, well, we've got a three lap course and we run on mainly a concrete path. We've got views of the uh, and Bellenden River and you can also get a glimpse of the ocean.
5: It's a gorgeous little course following the, the river the whole way out and back and you've got quite a decent little boardwalk there as well. We went for a walk yesterday, it goes from about a kilometre out.
3: Yeah, it takes you to the beach.
5: And um, Yurunga is uh, just over a year old now, about 14 months old. Yeah, that's right. So your number's typically up around the 50, 40, 50, somewhere around uh, there. Yeah, I'll most say.
3: weeks are 45, 50. Um, our, our biggest was over 90 when we launched
5: and uh it was really encouraging when i got here to see the number of people that were here and just sitting around chatting it sort of shows a bit of a good community around it when there's a group that quite happy get in and have a chat each week
3: yeah yeah the locals love it um and we get lots of tourists probably half our runners are tourists
5: yeah i think it's uh, one of the two u's available so for the alphabetiers yeah. that's a a big part of the uh the road trip to get down here
3: yeah that's right
5: Oh, well done. It's a great little park run and it's been really great to come down here. Thank you. Yeah, welcome. Though. Thanks for coming today. Cheers. And thanks to Tok we introduced, Lyndall, but we didn't tell you. We just sprung
0: it on you that we were going to have Toc who was at Yurunga for a flying visit. And congrats on being an Aussie alphabeteer, Tok. That is a very impressive achievement.
1: And Jackie. Don't forget Jackie. He's wonderful.
0: Yes, of course, Jackie. But Jackie doesn't do the roving reports. We love Jackie. But actually, talk one week. Get Jackie to do a roving report. It would be lovely to have her voice on the podcast.
1: That's not all. We've got two more roving reports coming up, but let's look at the calendar. Well, we're going crazy this week. We're doing calendars <laughs> in the middle of the pod. No guests.
0: No guess God you know last week we launched on a uh, released on a Tuesday what's happening? where nobody knows what we're doing anymore <laughs> least of all us um, but we don't have any launches this week. actually we don't have any more launches for the rest of the year, Scotty. so that's giving everybody a little bit of a chance to have a breather, perhaps catch up on some other events that may have got out there without you being able to get along to uh, and also yeah, silly season you know. We all know that that's going to consume everybody's life for the rest of the month.
1: But we do have anniversaries, and we have one in the Great Estate. Mullum Mullum is celebrating their, Must be their second.
0: Must be their second. That's gone fast, hasn't it?
1: Yep, I remember when we had Scotty Hawkins, the event director, on in year one. Yeah. What was it? we, we made it was a it was a special launch. It was the two hundredth event or something like that.
0: Well, I don't Do remember? remember. I don't remember what number it was. I mean, they're all special launches, but they are. Yeah, you went along to this one, and I remember you you telling me that um, Scott Hawkins gave an excellent pre-run brief, one of the best you'd ever heard, I think, at the time. So
1: I think it might have been somebody else because I missed the launch. Did you? <laughs> I did. Yeah, but I, I think we did have roving reports back in the day. Ah, oh, okay. But I tell you what, Mel, I'm going there. This week,
0: are you? So
1: I'll, I'll critique the event brief again.
0: Are you working on your P index?
1: Yes, this is this is going a long way towards my P index. Mullum Mullum is, I think, about my fourth most visited event.
0: Mm, well, there you go. Mm. I, I am not going to be working on my P index this week, but I am visiting an event that I had been to previously, so you won't be falling too far behind me in the most events list. Okay. Certainly not because of this week.
1: Good. Hey, there's one other anniversary. We cannot forget Renella East in South Australia. South Australia. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Happy anniversary, guys. We,
0: we did mention before that it is the silly season and the Christmas compendium is almost locked down for Australia. So all events who haven't declared by the 13th of December, in fact, by the time you hear this podcast, it should be locked down and everybody will have declared One way or the other, and you can start working, if you haven't already, we know a lot of you have been in there, but you can start working on what you're going to be doing for your New Year's Day double, or where you're going to be park running at Christmas, which is always exciting. Have you taken a sneaky peek yet, Scotty, to start making your plans?
1: Of course. Yeah, I alluded to it a couple of weeks ago when I shared my goals for the year. So New Year's Day, remember I'm doing Westerfolds, then I'm running to Darabin.
0: Ah, that's right. You do something silly like twelve-kilometer run between the two events. Yep, I've forgotten about that. What about Christmas Day? Did you mention what you're doing on Christmas Day? I'll be
1: at home. I'll be at Westerfolds. That's a tradition.
0: Still getting another one in. Well, I'm I'm going to be slaughtering you on the most events list if that's the case. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm getting a new event in on Christmas Day, and there will definitely be two brand new events on my double on New Year's Day as well.
1: How come Kiwana don't do Christmas Day? Do you need special council permission?
0: Or? <laughs> well, every event needs uh, permission from their landholders. But, yeah, no, it's for the same reason that Kiwana switches to um, a beach course over the Christmas period, the Christmas holiday period. It's a very busy tourist destination at that time of year. And, um, yeah, it, it, it wouldn't be safe necessarily to have an event on those extra days.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. So where are you going on Christmas Day? Can you share or?
0: Well, I'm thinking of heading to Rocks Riverside. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I
1: hear it's different. fast.
0: Oh, well, <laughs> I'll be able to. Finish refute. the year with a PB. I'll be able to refute that, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I should figure out what my fastest run has been for this year and try to get a year PB because um, maybe that could happen. You never know. Never know.
1: Surprise us all, Mel.
0: I will. And uh, New Year's Day is yet to yet to be confirmed, but I've got a few options, which is always nice. Gotta love Southeast
1: Queensland for a lot of options. Are they going to be new events too?
0: Yeah, yeah, both of them definitely. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> this
1: is a disaster. <laughs> I'm happy for you, but I'm not really.
0: Well, I'll be I'll be tipping over the seventy. I'll be in the early seventies on the most events list by the end of the first <sighs> of January.
1: Oh, this is this is. Oh. Um, I don't know what to say.
0: i got to up your game, Scotty. Call yourself an adventurer.
1: Well, January. January is going to be massive very adventuring for me. I think every week I'm going somewhere new. Oh,
0: you're going to have a perfect month in January.
1: Yeah, that's the aim. Cool. Except for New Year's Day.
0: Yeah, well, there you go. It's not going to be a perfect month. In... Uh. <laughs> yeah. Okay,
1: I'm changing my plans. Barney, the run's off. <laughs> It's okay. February can be a perfect month as well. And then I'll be blowing you out of the water. Two solid months of new events. There'll be no looking back.
0: You'll be exhausted. You're choosing the hottest time of year to get a new event in every week. I'm going to be volunteering a lot in those months. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that right now.
1: Okay, so let's go. Let's. Uh, there's more roving reports. There we are. We put a call out. We put a call out for our New South Wales adventurers to step up. They continue to ignore report. us. <laughs> we got really close. So Mark from the ACT ventured to Braidwood Showgrounds. Oh,
0: is, that, is that in the ACT or is that in New South Wales? Um, well, Mark's definitely from the ACT. Um, it, it could be right on the border, Scotty. So well, I think it might yeah, be. Might have to go check out the maps.
1: So it kind of counts, kind of counts. Um, and then we got a special
7: report from Highlands. So let's crack on with those. Hello Parkrun adventurers, this is Mark from uh, Canberra, where my normal home run is uh, Gungarland and today I'm ticking off a couple of challenges. Um, my Nendi, uh, which is my nearest event not done yet, um, so here I am at Bravewood, uh, the Bravewood Showground Parkrun, and I'm also ticking off the Staying Alive Challenge uh, with my last B for this challenge and I'm here with Run Director Kelly. Good morning.
2: Good morning, how are you Mark?
7: I'm good thank you, thank you for, for hosting me here today.
2: Thank you so much for joining us. It's great.
7: Uh, so Braidwood Showground Park Run is relatively new. Um, so this is, I think, the, the number 12 park run? Uh,
2: 11th. Number 11. 11.
7: Okay. And to what's, what? how did you go about starting up Braidwood Park Run?
2: Um, I did my first park run in Dubbo early last year. Just pure coincidence. We were visiting family and my brother-in-law said to me, I'm just going to duck out tomorrow morning and do a 5K run. And I said, oh, come on, we'll go and join you, having no idea what it was. And, yeah, we went to the fir- my first park run, and I loved it. I loved the atmosphere. I loved the feeling. I loved the support and everything. And I said to my husband, I'm going to do this in Braidwood. And it took a little while because life happens. But, um, yeah, that kind of inspired me, and then I started doing them myself, and I went, no, I've got to get this done. I want to do this for Braidwood. So, Yeah. And
7: what was the process to get it up in Like Braidwood is a small country town in, in New South Wales. So what was the, the process to get it up and running?
2: So I just contacted head office and let them know that I was interested in setting one up. And then they put me in contact with Gary and Denise Clark, who at the time were my event ambassadors. And I met with them and we just sort of started looking at options for a, a course, um, what was viable and what wasn't. And yeah, just started the process that way and head office helped out as much as they could
7: and how have the locals received it
2: it's been amazing i've actually been really overwhelmed by the support being such a small town i sort of thought if we get 10 runners each week i'd be really thrilled but we're getting upwards of 40 50 60 runners every week um, and it's fantastic and all age groups um, parents pushing prams it's just it's been absolutely fantastic i'm i'm blown away i'm wrapped with it yeah
7: that's really good, and it's, you know, it's good to give the, option, the locals another option for something healthy and fitness-wise in, in the area.
2: Well, absolutely, and there's not much in Braidwood. We, we have different things, like tennis and there's yoga, but there's no gym, there's, there's nothing like that. So this is kind of really the only outdoor activity, I guess, we have in Braidwood. So it's been really well-received, and, yeah, it's brilliant. We get new runners each week, which I love.
7: Yeah, good to see, you know, you know locals adopting it. And, um, today there were a couple of tourists, like myself, from, from Canberra. There's a, another runner, one of the fast runners from Queanbeyan today.
2: Yes. Yeah, Bernardo, he's just insane runner. Um, yeah, a couple, a few from Gungahlin. Um, there's a few extra locals that turned up today. Um, a guy from Sydney ran. Yeah, no, so it's fantastic.
7: So as I said today, I've um, I've ticked off my staying alive challenge. It's part of the running challenges uh, with Park Run, um, so it's my three Bs and three Gs. Congratulations! And uh, I worked out the other day that you can actually tick this off pretty easily if you're a Canberran. Um There's there's plenty <laughs> of Bs and Gs in there within easy driving distance. Uh, and if you um you know if you're a Canberran, you're heading down to Batemans Bay, and um, you normally stop at the pie shop for um you know halfway through. I'd encourage you to come down early Saturday morning, tick off Park Run um, here at Braidwood Showgrounds, and then keep. Going going onto the bay. So we're going to have a chat to some of the, um, the other, other people here at um, Bradwood. Thanks for, for talking to me today.
2: Thanks so much Mark and thanks for joining us. It's been a great morning.
7: No worries at all. So here I am with uh, Scarlett who is actually volunteering today. How are you Scarlett?
2: Good thank you.
7: And uh, you're doing the heading at the barcodes today. Is this one of your favourite volunteer roles?
2: Um, I like photographing too.
7: Me too, that's my favourite job. I've I've done lots of photography work and one marshal, that's certainly my favourite too. Um, And you recently have um, ticked over your 10 milestones as well? Yeah. And have they all been here at Braidwood?
2: Um, Yes.
7: And how have you found parkrun as a a junior runner?
2: Um, Yeah, I found it really fun. I've gotten back into running because I never used to do it, but I've gotten back to running and it's fun.
7: And how many times have you volunteered?
2: Um, maybe around five times, four or five, yeah.
7: That's excellent. Well done. Well, congratulations, and um, you better get back to handing out some barcodes as there's more runners coming through. Thank you. Now I'm with um, Bernardo and Joel, and um, Bernardo is actually from, um, from Canberra as well, with um, well, Queen Bion. <laughs> Not quite Canberra, is it, you know, <laughs> trying, trying to be part of Canberra. Um, and a and, um, bit of a fast runner, Bernardo, what time did you do today?
9: Uh, I think it was 17.30, around there, yeah.
7: Uh, but, um, that's pretty quick, a little bit faster than me, well done. Um, and why did you come out to Braidwood today?
9: Uh, well, Joe has invited me forever since they opened, so it was about time before the end of the year.
7: And have you done many park runs around the area?
9: Uh, not that many actually, only if, I think I've done Quimby and Tigranon and Ainsley, and that's about it. And then now this one.
7: So this one's a little bit flatter in comparison to Queanbeyan?
9: It is definitely much flatter than Queanbeyan. I love Queanbeyan, though. You have to do it. You have to go and have a go at it. Different, uh, completely different course, yeah.
7: Yeah, I think uh, it's, it's a good one for city to surf training, isn't
9: it? Ah, it is, yeah, definitely a good one. Before you go to city to surf, go and do bean a few times, yeah.
7: <laughs> and, uh, and Joel, you're, you're an RD here at um, Braywood?
9: Absolutely, yep. Uh, we've got our, done our 11th parkrun today, and um, I think we're averaging around 50 people per event, so we're really happy with that, and uh, it's been really good for the community. We're getting uh, lots of first-timers coming out and exercising on a Saturday morning, so it's been a real success for us here. Um, Hopefully it gets bigger and better next year.
7: And was this your first introduction to parkrun at Braidwood?
9: No, no. I, uh, when Kelly uh, was interested in bringing it to Braidwood, she encouraged me to go to Queenbian um so I I went there and I sort of got hooked running at Queenbean and um, so I, I was running there for 15 20 events or something until this one started and then I've moved out here and uh, yeah I just do this one every week pretty much yeah except the odd one when I'm on holidays. so I think I've, I' think I've done Tamworth and uh, yeah that's about it only done the three of them three different courses. But yeah yeah it's lovely lovely to come out to a country course a bit of a different feel um, yeah it's really good.
7: Yeah, it really is a different feel. Um, I, I haven't done a course like this one before myself. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's great to come out to the country and, and, and see different courses and different scenery. So, thanks for, for having us here today and um, hopefully we'll see you around the um, different courses.
9: Yes, thank you very much.
7: Okay, so we are at Highlands Park Run and
10: same as last week, I haven't gone adventuring, but I've got the best adventurer here who has completed today her, what are we going to call it, Zoe? We're going to call it Statespersonship, Statesmanship, Stateskidship, or Stateswomanship. I think it should be Stateskidship. Stateskidship. I like it because uh, Zoe is a junior park runner as well. And I reckon probably the only junior park runner to complete your state's kidship so far. Yep. So how did that go today? Very well. I liked it. It was very fun. we got three laps. Three laps. So what do you think about the three laps? They're good. I like them. They're little. <laughs> they are little laps. And do you know why I like three laps? It's because I got to high-five you three times.
5: Yeah. How good's that? Awesome.
10: And you had a really big contingent, so that's a group of people. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't use that big word, huh? Um, we had a big group of people all dressed in blue because blue's your favourite colour. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And they looked amazing. We called them the Blue Crew. Yeah. And they made the lake look really good. So what, what's your favourite thing about park running? Uh, I like... S- my favourite thing about park running would probably be seeing all my friends. Yeah? And yeah? So you get to park run with your friends most weeks? Yeah. And you make a lot of new friends, I reckon, going on all the different park runs you've been to? Mm-hmm. And can you think of... Um, I don't want to ask you your favourite one, but what about a memorable park run where something funny or something um, different happened? Can you think of anything like that?
2: Uh, at
10: Rosebud, I found a big... A big, big feather. It looks like I don't know what bird it was from. Yeah. Mhm. It was oh. brown. Oh, I was just gonna say. Please tell me it was a blue feather. <sighs> nah, maybe another time. <laughs> <laughs> and if if you had the opportunity for me to ask you a question, what question would you like me to ask you about parkrun? Uh, how I feel. How do you feel? How do you feel about parkrun? <laughs> I feel really proud that I've accomplished statesman and I and I
2: think
10: parkrun's awesome. Zoe, you just made my heart flicker. That's really cool. That's so good that you're proud. It's a really good thing that you've done. Really good achievement. Congratulations. Well done. Thanks. And can I get a high five? We'll get an audio high five. Oh yeah, that's gonna work. Well done. Thanks. Congratulations on your state's kidship and all the best with your future parkrunning adventures. And I look forward to park running with you again another day.
9: Thank you.
1: A great debut from Mark visiting Braidwood Showgrounds. And Gary Murphy was with Zoe, our junior States kid. But well done. Can I tell you a story about Zoe? So I know Zoe. Zoe's um, the daughter of Melissa Ellis from our Channel 5 News crew. A regular junior park runner. And two weeks ago when I went to Darabin, we pull up and there is Zoe with her father, Paul. Just standing there. This was the weekend that uh, Melissa visited Jeeveston. Yep. And, like, it was a long way from where they live. I'm guessing over an hour in the car on a Saturday morning. And they were just happy. And they were happy to be at Parkrun. And it was a great parenting father-daughter moment. Um, so well done, Zoe, and the whole Ellis family. They, uh, they love Parkrun. And I think that's a great story.
0: And for juniors to become statesmen, that, that is a huge team effort from the whole family.
1: It is, because I know from f- first-hand experience, the struggles of getting your kid to love and embrace Park Run, I reckon you're going to discover it in the next couple of years.
0: <laughs> yeah, something to look forward to.
1: <laughs> because every time Wes is at Park Run, I see him, he's got his grumpy face on. Even on Saturday when there was a playground and he looked happy, but he still had his grumpy face on.
0: Well, that's just his resting stink face. Is it? Yeah. That's just what he – he's not unhappy. That's just what his face looks like, Scotty. (laughs) He needs to grow out of that. Oh, I think it's cute. (laughs) But that's okay. Do you know which kids of mine never complain about going to parkrun, never complain about getting up early, get very sad if I walk out the door without them? My fur kids, Inu and Clover, they haven't been to a parkrun in a very long time because now, of course, that we have Wes in the Pram – one person cannot also have a dog on a leash as well as a pram and there's only myself and Adam, so we can't very well just take one dog to parkrun. Clover would destroy the house if we tried to leave with Enu and not take her with us. And poor Enu, why would he have to miss out? So hmm. it's kind of in solidarity the two of them don't come to parkrun together.
1: Can you recruit? Can you line somebody up, particularly when you're at home? Can you say, hey, can you take – clover
0: for this week or um we possibly could at the moment of course it's a bit too hot for both of them even though they've had their shaggy coats clipped for the summertime but we always retire them over the summer anyway might look at doing that when we when it starts to get a bit cooler next year recruiting because we have had other friends take them out before which has always been nice and and they're very well behaved on the things but you know where they're not well behaved Scotty? In the backyard. Well, no, no, not even in the backyard, in the living room. So I have a little story to tell you about my troublemaker, Clover, who has got a long, long list of naughty things that she has consumed over the years in her life. Um, I'll give you some of the highlights, shall I? She has uh, eaten a kilo bag of desiccated coconut. She's eaten a kilo bag of (laughs)
1: Yeah, hang on, Clover's not, Clover would only be about 10 kilos herself.
0: Well, she's, well, she's 13 and a half kilos, we discovered yesterday at the vet, um, but but I'll get to that. <laughs> she She's eaten, so, so the poos, if you can imagine, for the week after that all looked like little lamingtons with the coconut coming through. Uh, she has eaten and spread everywhere a whole bag of plain flour, which, you know, when you mix, I don't know if you've ever done paper mache with kids, but a nice non-toxic glue is pretty much just flour and water. And so, of course, with all the saliva and everything, as she ate that and licked her legs and licked her paws and got it in her nose and her ears, which flopped down further than her face she was just basically one big crusted paper mache glue dog after that situation managed to get the stuff really? everywhere i can't imagine flour by itself is that tasty well yeah i know and you know what she learned how to break into the pantry to get said delectable items out you know it's this isn't us necessarily being Bad dog owners, so there's a level of that as well. We should know better. But, yeah, on those two occasions, she broke into the pantry to get them out. So... We have to dog-proof our house. She's, of course, done the, the traditional solid Easter eggs still in their foil wrappers. So she had shiny poo for the week after that, all different rainbow colours. Um, Hang on, I'm going to stop you again. So chocolate's toxic to dogs. Oh, big time. But Clover seems to have a cast iron stomach. So <laughs> she's – I think I shared with you at one point that she had uh, demolished – a full block of tropical pineapple chocolate, which fortunately has a lower chocolate content than solid Easter eggs, because it's mostly the tropical pineapple sort of fondant going on in the middle. Um, but yeah, she she felt a bit sad after that. She's eaten half a kilo of um, sugar paste. So you know those beautiful craft flowers that people have on wedding cakes and things like that. She she's managed to find a block of it, it's like. Almost, it's more dense than clay. It's like a big block of clay. And she managed to grab one of those off the dining room table, uh, probably enlisted the help of her big brother in that case. He's smarter, Inu. He doesn't eat these things, but he helps her get these things. He's helped her get bread off the, the benches and all sorts of things like that. When we were building, um, well, I shouldn't say building, when we were renovating the house before Wes came along, we were painting uh, all the bedrooms and recarpeted, so that you know the nursery was nice. And um, she she ate like twenty sheets of sandpaper that Adam had left on the floor. Like who does that? We, it's not even an edible food item. It can't have smelt good. Like see. But she, that was,
1: yeah. I mm, thought flour was bland. <laughs> I was taking it to another level.
0: And I can't <laughs> imagine it was very pleasant to eat going in or coming out. You know, that <laughs> stuff was coarse. So this these are the kinds of things. But yesterday, she took it to a new level. While I was out visiting my nana in the nursing home with Wesley, and Adam was down in the study working, Clover took it upon herself to rifle through our as yet unpacked luggage from the weekend and happened upon a half kilo bag of sultanas that we had bought as snacks for Wes. And of course, sultanas, you don't want to give kids too many of them because they're quite sugary. So he hadn't eaten very many at all. She polished off the entire bag. And I don't, I mean, you mentioned chocolate is bad for dogs. Sultanas are pretty much the worst thing ever. They cause renal failure. And they really, yeah, they do it very quickly. Grapes, toxic. Great. Um, Sultanas, obviously dry grapes. So, really, really bad. Um, fortunately, they, they were going through this whole period of barking at nothing. <laughs> so Adam went out to shush them and discovered the spoils of, you know, wrapping in tiny little bite-sized pieces all over the place and called the vet and then took her to the vet vet made her vomit immediately, which uh, incidentally, did you know that dog vomit when it's uh, consisting of sultanas smells like Christmas pudding? <laughs> this, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> this is what the vet tells us anyway. So, um, so that was all very timely and festive. But oh my god, Scotty, she had to be, she had to be. Um, Well, she's she's been clipped on both of her front paws so that she could have uh, the needles and be on the drip because they had to worry they were worried about her fluid intake. They didn't know how many. Like pretty much, the Sultanas hadn't been in there for too long when Adam discovered it. Maybe thirty minutes, forty-five minutes, but um, they weren't sure whether or not the toxic stuff had started to leach out into her gut, and they had to make sure that she could still pee. And all that sort of stuff, and yeah, it was it was very stressful. I can only imagine. Jesus, and I was complaining about Buster. You may have heard
1: it in the intro. He was barking at nothing. And that's <laughs> As they that's do. The biggest, that was the biggest <laughs> thing I had to worry about. I didn't know your dog was on life support. Are we on life support? Or are we on?
0: She was on a drip, and in a bad way yesterday. Yeah.
4: It's
0: over. Wow. Yeah. I wonder if she's learnt her lesson. We'll find out soon. Oh, I doubt it i really doubt it she just keeps going back for more she's a little bit quieter today i have to admit but when she came home she was fine um the vet called us at about four o'clock in the afternoon yesterday originally he said look she's gonna have to stay overnight but i think she was too noisy and annoying because he called and said yeah if you don't come get her she's probably going to scratch down the (laughs) the enclosure and break out and she's been quite vocal so i think i think um the fact that we have a noisy dog saved us about four hundred dollars yesterday. Because say, yeah. He gave her an early mark to come home. So
1: vet bills at Christmas time are lots of fun, aren't they? A bit like dentist bills. I take Asher to the dentist last week. Merry Christmas
0: <laughs> to the dentist. <laughs>
1: Five minutes' work. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you've just paid yeah. for all his kids' Christmas presents, probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. So that was that was a bit of um, midweek fun for us. Uh, you know what I. Kudos to her. She didn't do it on a Saturday night, which is usually when they do these things. On the weekends, we have to go to the emergency vet. That costs twice as much. So, all credit to her. She picked a really good time to do it.
1: Don't worry. Very familiar with that scenario too. Buster always chooses
0: Sunday night or Saturday night. You're right. Or a public holiday. You know, impeccable timing. The joys of having fur kids. The only other
1: similarity we've got there is that – We can't take our dogs to parkrun anymore because Buster's got his crook back, which we have talked about in the past. But I I have been tempted to just take them when we're volunteering or even just take them and hang around so they get that social aspect.
0: Well, that's probably what they miss the most. It's not the exercise. (laughs) The dogs miss the smells and the pats and all, all the attention they get. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. Because Buster has a lot of human interaction now, now that I work from home every day. He's there. And God, if I go out for five minutes, well, let alone if I go out for a couple of hours, do I get in trouble when I come home? <laughs> and it's like the neighbours are starting to notice. Oh, that that's not good. When I come and go, because it's just the carry-on mm. involved from Buster. Whereas Champ, couldn't care less. <laughs> I could go a month and I don't think he'd even notice.
0: Oh, I'm sure that's not true. He just <laughs> he just shows it in a different. He way. rolls with the punches. Yeah, <laughs> we're dog people. We are. We're not not cat people necessarily, but definitely dog people. Two dogs each in these households. Hey, but <laughs> fortunately, Clover saved me four hundred dollars, so I think I can still afford some Christmas gifts. Have you started your shopping yet, Scotty? Yes, I did. I've done all my shopping. Oh, my
1: gosh. Yeah. Yep. Seriously. I'm pretty good, aren't I? Yeah. you still got two weeks. I know. I know. How organized am I?
0: I did it. I embrace
1: online shopping.
0: Uh, okay. So no. tell me I truthfully. get it online. Is everybody getting uh, Parkrun Adventures running singlet? No. Well, they are, but that's not their Christmas problem. <laughs> that's, just a, that's a life necessity. Okay. Well, I won't ask what everyone else is getting apart from that because obviously you you want to surprise people. I won't ask you what you got me. Um, I like to be surprised. So okay,
1: that's good. You, you've been for a real treat, a real surprise, <laughs> a real
0: surprise on
1: <laughs> <laughs> Christmas Day.
0: Yep. Okay,
1: but how about we do a top three Christmas gifts for park runners this week? Ooh,
0: I like it because there is still time for those of us, namely me, who haven't yet. Um, made or purchased or organised Christmas gifts for their loved ones?
1: Number one on the list, Parkrun ID, key tag or wristband. So I wear my wristband 24-7. I have three, a green one, a black one, and actually I've got four. I've got two purple ones. I got one from the UK. Okay. Is their purple different than our purple? It is a little bit different. One of the one of the major differences is it doesn't scan very well. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing over in the UK. Maybe some of our listeners can tell us. But every time I wear the UK one, it takes forever to scan. I'm not sure if it's because it's the sun's brighter here or it's always being scanned in sunlight. Maybe it's or whether the time differences.
0: Like it, <laughs> the, the scanner might have to go back to Europe and uh, like the United Kingdom and then come back to Australia before it can scan it.
1: Well, let's send the samples to Australia. They won't complain. I'm not sure. But you can also, we've, we've just released new circular key tags as well.
0: With different, dif- they're different colours and different styles than the old ones.
1: New colours, new styles, fitting in with the new Parkrun branding.
0: Very cool.
1: So, and they're nice and cheap, like six bucks. Get everyone in your family, friends, family. That's an easy present.
0: Absolutely. And look, it doesn't even matter if they've already got one. I, so many times people show up to Parkrun and they're like, oh, my key, my key tag's on the other shoes that I have. So, you know, people have multiple pairs of shoes, so you can always chuck one on, on different pairs, different laces and things.
1: Number two, a couple of weeks ago, we interviewed Tony Park about his new book, The Parkrun Book. The Parkrun Book. has all the marketing <laughs> and publicity blobs. I've been promoting it as. Also, so a dog fly.
0: it's about the dog squads, the anti-poaching dog squads in South Africa. Yes, but Centre of Fear, uh, my, my copy's already arrived, so I hope you didn't buy me another copy, Scotty, because I only really need one. I didn't. Okay, good. I didn't. Not trying to be ungrateful or anything, but.
1: No. <laughs> no. So, Centre Fear, everyone, do yourself a favour, get down to the bookshop and get that. Or, if you like
0: Scotty and you love online ordering, Booktopia. That's where yep. That's where I got mine.
1: Number three, so this can be, we can go in two different ways here. Any parkrun adventure needs to be in Newcastle in April next year. It just needs to happen. First
0: weekend of April.
1: Yep. So you can either buy your parkrun family and friends like a gift voucher to one of the airlines or travel companies or just do one of those little, I give you permission to attend Palm 19
0: Yes, because there's so no
1: greater gift. <laughs> <laughs> because we know that there's there's families out there, Mel, you might be surprised with this, where one half of the family, the relationship, loves parkrun, wants to do everything parkrun, wants to come to the listener meetup. up The other side tolerates parkrun. Yeah. Doesn't mind going every now and then. Might just Bunch enjoy up. the
0: sleep-in while their other half is off at parkrun, which is perfectly... <laughs> A legitimate life choice, also. I don't understand it, but you know, if that's the way they choose to go, that's fine. We don't condone it, but it happens. So,
1: if you're one of those people and you're listening to this podcast, easy gift, just give your permission in a little. You know, get on, get on PowerPoint, get on Paint. What are they? They're a bit more fancier these days. They and like Photoshop sort of little, or whatnot. Little clip. Oh art. look, they'd have
0: apps for this these days, wouldn't they? I think they do. I think they do.
1: Yeah. Or just. Buy flights and accommodation to Newcastle, April, first weekend of April. Be the
0: hero in your family. It's going to be a fun weekend.
1: It is. So there's some ideas. Um, so you haven't, have you finished your Christmas, haven't started Christmas shopping? I haven't What's going even on? started,
0: Scotty. Oh, Melissa. <laughs> you're in trouble. <laughs> no, no, everything's open late on New Year's, uh, Christmas Eve and all that sort of stuff. So I've been a busy girl, you know. Travelling all over Australia, all over Australia.
1: Um, It was great to have you in town. It was great to spend an evening with the showman as well.
0: (laughs) Well, I stayed at home with the little boy asleep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And my nemesis.
0: And your nemesis. (laughs) My actual best friend in Victoria.
1: (laughs) Smell that.
0: Oh, Scotty. You don't call me your best friend in Queensland, do you? Yeah, see?
1: Well, no, no, that, I never, that, make, I never make grand statements like
0: that. Oh, okay. Okay.
1: I have equal best friends. Every you
0: day. have equal best friends. You're very towing the line there. Like, you're trying to tell me you don't have a top three best friends?
1: I do. And I'll share it on next week's pot. <laughs> <laughs> That's Matisse for next week. Everyone's hanging out.
0: Am I in Scott's top three? <laughs> That'll get them coming back for more. Good job, Scotty. <laughs> I can't
1: wait. Speak to you then now.
0: (laughs) Ciao!